0: Hi, my name's Helen, and I'm from the night Church Service. I have the pleasure to bring you today's reading, which is from the book of John, chapter 21, verses 15 to 25. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple who Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written.
1: I'm Andrew Graham. I'm one of the ministers here at St. Matt's. And I'm glad to be with you today as we come to the end of this epic journey through the Gospel of John. Uh, John, who wrote this Gospel, was there in that singular moment in history when the Word became flesh, when God the Son became fully human. John got to hear from Jesus things that no one had ever said before. John got to see Jesus do things that no one else could possibly do. And so his gospel is a beautiful gift to us. It's written for those of us who weren't there to see and hear those things, so that with good reason we might come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, we might have the life that he came to bless us with, the eternal life that he promises to all who believe in him. In this last chapter of John's Gospel, we've spent two weeks. Last week, we heard about the extraordinary grace Jesus showed to the Apostle Peter and the other apostles who deserted him as he he called them to come and enjoy a breakfast with him of of fresh fish by the side of of, of Lake Galilee. Today, we focus in closely on a tender moment that followed that breakfast as Jesus spoke with Peter. And, And in that moment, he restored Peter fully to fellowship with himself. And he sent Peter out on a mission that he and the other apostles were given the responsibility of carrying out. If there's one thing that you were to take away from today's talk, I hope it's that as you, as you get to listen to this act of grace of Jesus, that you will see that Jesus is the good shepherd who keeps caring for his sheep. He keeps caring for us. One way that he cares for us is by sending other shepherds like himself, like Peter, like the apostles, so that we can be cared for by those whom he places over us. Now it's going to be a lot about sheep and shepherds today and you might be a bit like me, you haven't had much to do with sheep or shepherds, maybe you've seen some sheep out in a paddock when you've been in the country and you you might have seen a farmer uh, working in a tractor Uh, but not many of us have had much to do with sheep and even less of us have, have seen actual shepherds at work. So one of the things we'll do just in a moment is, is I want to introduce you to a modern-day shepherd. Uh, his name is James. Uh, he's got a couple of dogs. He's got a quad bike to help him. He's up in the north part of England. He is, apart from the quad bike, shepherding his sheep much as his ancestor did, ancestors did hundreds of years ago. So we're going to get a little uh, a little look into a modern-day shepherd. And then we're going to have a bit of a highlights package of what the Bible says about shepherds before we come back to John chapter 21 where I hope it becomes really obvious to you that in Jesus we have the good shepherd who keeps caring for his sheep. Now kids, if you're not watching at this stage, heads up, have a look at this, uh, this fellow James who's a shepherd today.
2: A shepherd's nothing without sheepdogs and i'm really lucky i've got two good sheepdogs uh, floss and tan uh, two special dogs really good um, and my work's only possible because because of them uh, they enable me to gather the fells or even the in by land the fields you can't gather a field can't gather fields that like we have uh, without them it would take dozens and dozens of people and you'd still lose but with uh, one or two good dogs you can do shepherding work and this the way that we farm is what some people call dog and stick farming for traditional old-fashioned way of farming. Uh, The rest of the world has sort of changed around us and because the fells are so historically we're quite isolated and quite poor uh, and because there are no other options if you want to farm here than to farm sheep with a dog and a stick uh, a really old-fashioned kind of farming survived and I wanted to write a book and tell everybody about it and why I love it and why it's beautiful and special and historically significant and to try and share that with other people so that other people can see it better than they have done before. We're a family farm so there's my father and my mother and my wife Helen and my children and my first memories are following my grandfather around the farm and loving every moment of it thinking he was just he was free and he was independent and he was proud and he loved what he did and he, he looked like he belonged in his place in the world and I remember thinking I just want to be just like you <laughs> My sheep that I take back to the fells have been looked after by many, many different shepherds over hundreds, maybe even thousands of years. But they're a, an unbroken chain back into a period of a thousand years, two thousand years, maybe three or four or five thousand years ago. And to do something that old, that timeless, is amazing. And, uh, and my hope very much is that, I, in however big or smaller way, that I can help people to see that and understand it, because I think many people don't know that's happening around them, or that it's still survived. Um, and my book is an attempt to, to, to share that world and to explain it and to explain why we the people are hefted as much as the sheep are hefted uh, that there's a really deep sense of rootedness and belonging and it makes for a certain kind of people um, that are shaped by the landscape and they shape it in turn and that we're proud of what we are, um, proud of where we came from, proud of what we are now and proud of what we're trying to do which is to try and keep it going in the future
1: Well, that story is a beautiful story. I really enjoyed reading uh, Rebanks' book, A Shepherd's Life. If you're a reader, have a read of it. Uh, one of the things I learned in that book is how hard he works every day of the year. Uh, in summer, he's making hay so that in winter, when no grass is growing, his sheep have got plenty to eat. When it comes to the Bible, um, people in Bible times didn't need a video uh, to explain what shepherds did because there were shepherds everywhere. And, and the shepherd who cares for his sheep, uh, the shepherd who protects his sheep, the shepherd who provides for his sheep is aptly applied to God and his relationship with his people. Uh, one of the places we learn this is in one of the most famous parts of the Bible, in Psalm 23, We're right at the beginning it says, The Lord is my shepherd. And there's a beautiful statement in the middle of it where it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. At a time when our world is being turned upside down by the coronavirus, how good is it to know that truth? How good is it to know that wherever we are, God is our shepherd. He's watching over us and he's caring for us wherever we are. Now, one of the ways that God uh, cares for us is by appointing other shepherds, human beings, uh, who will shepherd his people. Uh, He appointed King David. Uh, David, who himself had been a shepherd as a boy, who wrote Psalm 23. When he was appointed as king, God called him to watch over his people to shepherd his people, to use that position of authority that he had for the welfare of God's people. And it wasn't just David and other kings like him who had that responsibility. God from time to time raised up prophets and he he had a, a settled role for priests who worked from the temple. Their job was to watch over God's people and care for them and teach them. But sadly, with a few exceptions... One after another of those other shepherds that God appointed failed miserably. Instead of caring for God's sheep, they used their position of authority for their own advantage. And so when it gets to a prophet like Ezekiel, who was one of the faithful prophets, God speaks to his people in this way. You abandoned my flock and left them to be attacked by every wild animal. And though you were my shepherds, you didn't shepherd my sheep. When they were lost, you took care of yourselves and left the sheep to starve. God held them accountable, those other shepherds, for the way that they'd behaved, for the way that they'd mistreated the people that had been entrusted to them. But God had not forgotten his people. And so he makes a beautiful promise of a shepherd to come. It's again in Ezekiel chapter 34 where God says, I myself will search for my sheep. I will, I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I'll find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered. Now that's not the only place that promise is made. We hear the, promi- the prophet Jeremiah saying the same thing. And we hear the prophet Zechariah also looking forward to a time when God would enter history himself. And that's exactly what was happening when the Word became flesh, when God the Son became fully human. Jesus became the one whom we have come to know as the Good Shepherd. He looked out at God's people and he saw that they were like sheep who didn't have a shepherd. Jesus himself in John chapter 10 says, I am the Good Shepherd. And how do we know that he's the Good Shepherd? Because the Good Shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So brothers and sisters, we have a shepherd who cares for us. God himself is our shepherd and Jesus came as the good shepherd who laid down his life for us and who keeps caring for us. He watches over us. He has sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. And we see his care as shepherd of Peter as he restores Peter and as he sends Peter as the first of a whole new generation of shepherds who will serve God and care for his people. So having had that highlights package of shepherds across the Bible, let's zoom right in and see the good shepherd at work with his right-hand man, Peter. I'll read again for you from verses 15 to 18 of John chapter 21. When he had finished eating that beautiful breakfast that Jesus had put on for the disciples, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And John explains, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Let's just sit with this tender moment for a while. It's a moment where Jesus completely restores Peter. Peter had boldly promised, as we heard last week, I will follow you, Jesus, wherever you go, back in chapter 13. I will lay down my life for you. But we know how under pressure, Peter denies even knowing Jesus, let alone laying down his life for Jesus. But in this tender exchange, Jesus completely restores Peter. Peter who loves his Lord deeply but had failed him terribly. And, and that restoration of Peter gives hope to each of us when we realize that we have let down the Lord whom we love. See, we have a shepherd who is patient. We have a shepherd who is kind. We have a shepherd who understands and who at the cross did everything that was necessary to secure our forgiveness. He is a shepherd who tenderly loves his sheep. He completely restores Peter. And part of that restoration sees Jesus sending Peter as another shepherd to follow him. Now feeding sheep is a big part of a shepherd's job. In that book, James Rebanks describes how hard he works in summer to make the hay so that in winter, There is food for his sheep. And he works hard, even if there's snow on the ground, even if there's a storm, and especially if there's a storm. He'll go out to feed the sheep and make sure they're cared for, make sure they're well fed. Jesus says to Peter twice, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. At St. Matthew's, we want to build, if I can put it this way, resilient sheep, uh, we want to build mature disciples of Jesus who, who read the Bible for themselves, who learn to obey the Lord Jesus through what he has said. And we're committed Sunday by Sunday to making sure that we have substantial Bible readings and that we have carefully prepared, prayerfully prepared messages that help us understand how, that, how the Bible applies to where we live. And, and our growth groups are there in the center of our growth groups is, is Bible reading and, and helping one another understand not only what God is saying but how it applies to where we live and encouraging one another about how we can apply God's, God's Word to the way uh, we live. When it comes to the staff at St. Matthew's, the pastoral staff, the ministry staff, right in the, the heart of what we do is we work to make sure that God's people at St. Matthew's and beyond, anyone who will listen, has a really healthy diet of God's word. So Jesus says to Peter, as he sends him out as an apostle, as a shepherd, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And he also says, take care of my sheep. Literally, shepherd my sheep. Some of the translations, like the Holman translation, pick up that very literal way of translating. Shepherd my sheep. What he's saying to Peter is, Peter, I want you to do for my people what the shepherds of old, so many of them, fail to do. Care for my sheep. Seek them out when they're lost. Bandage them up when they're injured. Help them back up on their feet if they stumble and fall. Now, In a moment, I want to say a little bit more about that and how it applies to us at St. Matthew's during this time of the coronavirus. But firstly, I want to come to the third thing that happens here. Jesus restores Peter. Jesus sends Peter. And then Jesus reminds Peter of something that's vital for him to remember. You see, there is never a time when a shepherd stops being a follower of Jesus. Jesus calls all people to follow him and he calls Peter. He reminds Peter. He says to him, follow me. I want you Peter to believe in me. I want you to go on learning from me. I want you to go on living for me. I want you to I want you to follow me, Peter. And then he spells out specifically what that's going to look like for Peter as his life ends. So in verse 18, we hear him say to Peter, "When you are old, you will stretch out your hands and Someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. John says, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death which Peter would, glor- would glorify God. Now Peter's death is not recorded in the Bible, but documents outside the Bible confirm that he did die by crucifixion. Now God calls everyone to follow him. But he doesn't call us all to literally follow him to the cross. John goes on to explain how he lived a long life and we're not exactly sure how John died. But Jesus calls all people to say, I follow Jesus. And to show that by the way that we live. It may mean one great big act of bravery where you sacrifice yourself for others. It's much more likely to mean Doing little things every day which show that you follow Jesus by putting other people first. Well, it's time to start wrapping up, and uh, I want to begin wrapping up with a word of encouragement to the shepherds of St. Matthew's, to my fellow ministers, to anyone else who is shepherding God's people, mums and dads in in, in the home, Uh, growth group leaders. Uh, Kids and youth leaders who serve alongside parents in raising godly kids. Uh, Those who seek out the lost by teaching English as a second language here at St. Matt's or who serve in the, the soup kitchen. And I'm actually going to use Peter's words from his first letter, which are such a great encouragement. So to my fellow shepherds at St. Matthew's, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care watching over them not because you must but because you are willing as God wants you to be not pursuing dishonest gain but eager to serve not lording it over those entrusted to you but being examples to the flock and when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away but you know it's it's not just the ordained ministers or the official leaders We all have a role to play in pastoring one another, in lovingly caring for each other, in in feeding one another with God's word. You know, eight times in Peter's two two letters, he calls on all believers to love one another. I love his statement in in chapter 1, verse 21 of his first letter, where he says, Love one another deeply. From the heart. Now one of my roles here at St. Matthew's is to oversee the pastoral care of the church. And during this season of coronavirus, can I say, brothers and sisters, I've just been overwhelmed by offers of help. I'm learning the longer I, I'm here at St. Matthew's that St. Matt's is a church that cares. Uh, There's been lots of offers of of help to become a phone buddy, for instance, with someone who'd appreciate a call every week or so, or some practical help with getting groceries and that sort of thing. We've actually had many more people offer to do that than people who have put up their hands uh, to receive that help. Offers of help keep coming to the the office. Uh, People have sent food vouchers for people in need. Uh, there have been donations of money, some quite specifically, for instance, for those who are struggling to pay rent as a result of the loss of work. I'm finding the specific offers of help really helpful. During the week, uh, someone wrote to me and described their experience uh, as a chartered accountant over many years, now retired, and he said, I'm, I'm sure there'll be people out there whose businesses are struggling. He said, I'm, I'm happy to offer my professional skills pro bono to walk with them through this difficult season. We have been phoning people, and we've just over the last week or so had, uh, had people phoning those who aren't in growth groups and who were are not aware of having been in contact otherwise. And it's been really interesting to hear feedback from the team of, of uh, COVID care callers. Uh, a lot of people that they've contacted have, have been thankful for the call, but they've said, actually, I've heard from a number of people at St. Matt's, and I, I actually really feel very well connected and, and cared for, uh, which has just been fantastic. Although I do want to say to you, if you, if you call St. Matt's your home and that hasn't been your experience, I, I'm really sorry that you're where you are. We want everybody at St. Matt's, in fact, everybody who's, who's listening to this message today to know that you matter to God and you matter to us. And we want to know if we can help you in any way. A time like this where there's rapid change, where there's uncertainty, where there's for many isolation, a time like this can breed fear and anxiety, it can stir up mental health difficulties that you may not be familiar with or that you may be all too familiar with. It can put very heavy pressure on relationships and and there can be a rise in conflict and a time like this sees a rise in domestic and family violence and abuse which is completely unacceptable. Brothers and sisters, you do not need to suffer these things alone. Please reach out. Uh, There is a team of skilled pastors on our team. Uh, We can listen and pray with you. We'd love to do that. And there is an immense immense pool of resources in the body of Christ and in the wider community about which you may not be aware, but which we can put you in touch with. As you may need, if you're finding things hard, put your hand up, uh, reach out, uh, call our office, email us, or use the online uh, connect button on the screen. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to know how we can be of help. We we really do want to be a church which shows the care of the Good Shepherd to whoever comes across our path. We've come to the end of this epic journey through the Gospel of John today. Over 21 chapters, John, who was the closest friend of Jesus, tells the wondrous story of what it was like to be there. He tells that story so that we, with good reason, could come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the long-promised Messiah, the Son of God, So that by believing we might have the life that only He can bring. The Good Shepherd keeps sharing, keeps caring, I'm sorry, for His flock. He sent His Holy Spirit to be with us. He gives us one another so that we can care for each other. And He also sends other shepherds who have a responsibility of care. As we come to the end of our time in the Gospel of John, I'm going to leave the last words to our Good Shepherd. Our Good Shepherd who laid down his life for us, made these three great promises. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die.